0: Welcome to the Mothers on the Frontline podcast. Today, as part of our Just Ask Mom series, we listen to a foster and adoptive parent speak about her experience caring for over 100 foster children. Hi. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Before or outside of mothering, um, what, what are your passions, interests? What, what do you love to do?
1: Well, um, I love kids, and um, so I've kind of um, Embedded my entire life with uh, lots of children that surround me. Um, and my other passion outside of my children uh, would be gardening and being outside and taking in nature. Very nice. Do you do that with the children sometimes? We or do. is it your escape? <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of a combination. Um, I, I like to ride the lawnmower um, and then I pretend that I'm on some wild motorcycle. And I'm on a, on a long drive across the United States and feeling the wind in my hair. And then I can't hear anybody yelling, mom, mom, (laughs) over this lawnmower. So that's that's my escape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great one.
1: They have to catch up. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's awesome. So I want you to pretend that you're talking to
0: people who are considering fostering or adopting a child. And so they're potentially thinking of doing this. What would you like them to know about your experiences and what you've learned along
1: the way? So I've been a foster parent for several years. Um, my husband and I chose, when we moved back to the Midwest, we chose uh, that we would do this for um, an indigenous group of people um, to help out the community. Uh, we have uh, had, so far in the 16 years that we've done this, we've had 105 placements in our home, um, which requires you know, new furniture, new carpet at times. There's a lot of fear with uh, fostering people um, People feel that um, they're gonna be attached. What happens when, if they're foster parents and they become attached to that child and the child leaves them? Well, then you go through a grieving process, of course, but but in foster care, the most important piece that you are to do is you you are to be the calm in the storm for that Mm -hmm. child. And um, you're you're focusing on um, reunification for that child and their parents. Um, Sometimes that does not occur and um, then you, you look outside the box and look at relative placements um, or other uh, potential, perhaps if it goes to termination, an adoptive home, if you're not considering that yourself. Okay. Um, so there's the fear factor of um, you're going to break your heart. What mm-hmm. happens? And, and that's natural. Uh, um, I've done this for a long time. And um, every time a child leaves my home, they take a piece of my heart with them. But it doesn't mean it's the end. Does it get easier? I I don't I would never say that it gets easier. Um, it's still you still go through that grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing that we have done that works well for our our family unit is we connect with the birth families
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, we try to mentor the parents whether it be um, a single mom maybe a single dad. Sometimes it is a, a, a partnership. Um, right. and, um, so we try to mentor and we're not saying we're perfect by no means, mm-hmm. but we try to mentor that, that couple, um, to help them, um, overcome the obstacles that allowed them to have the child removed. And so we, we try to mentor them to become better parents. Um, and so if that happens, um, we're able to have that ongoing relationship with that child and with that family.
0: So it's almost like it's, you're adopting the family. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: What about people who are thinking of adopting?
1: So, um, there's um, when it, when a child is placed, if you do through the uh, foster care program, um, and you are placed with a child, and it does go to termination, generally um, the. Uh, the services like to keep the child within um so that they don't att- they don't develop um, attachment disorders yeah, yeah. or have post traumatic um, stress disorders with another removal another home another set of families um if things are going well in that foster family and they are a pre adopt home they really would like for the child to stay within that home um and so your chances to adopt a child um, through the foster care system could it's potentially um does it increase your? Chances? It, I would say it or? does. I don't. I don't want to. It makes me makes me feel like you're in the market of of, of marketing babies or children, you know. <laughs> right. And so I'm not sure what words I'm searching for to, um, to to say. But it yeah, if you're a foster parent, you have the potential then to become that child's adoptive parent. Right. A pretty right. good chance, anyways. So
0: I mean, that's so many kids. It's, first of all, just thank you. That's amazing. Mm. What what you're doing for our whole community is amazing um what in this experience and you got a lot of experience <laughs> what has been a barrier in getting help for for your children um something that really hasn't worked that has been a challenge that you wish could be different for others in the future
1: um sometimes there's there's resources that are um that are available but they are harder um, to receive, if you're in a rural area, mm-hmm. um, transportation is a concern. Um, I, I also see that not only for the child that maybe needs therapy um, to, and to receive a good therapist, there's a good there's a big distance um, from a rural area to a larger city where the majority of really good therapists are. Mm-hmm. Um, should a child need that? Um, another barrier I see is the court orders um, parents to do many things um, to re- to get. Uh, to ensure that they are going to be better parents, and that you know, to ensure that they can um, handle their child if their child is reunified. But a lot of times, um, you're working in a cycle, and so you know, there's addictions or whatever um, the case may be. But the um, usually they don't have a driver's license, so they or there's can't a get low exactly, or they're low like, income, yeah. and so they they set these these parameters in place and say okay you need to do a b c and d but you can't even get to step a because i don't have a car i don't have i don't have a car to even to try to get a job or i don't have the education perhaps to get the job that will pay pretty good wages to help me get a car or i have bad credit or i mean there's all kinds of obstacles in the beginning to for get to a you know, right. before you can ever get to D. And so I see that yeah. as problematic um, at times when I've set through um, some orders um, placed by the court that, that the parents have to do things, which I understand why they are doing it, mm-hmm. but um, there needs to be re- perhaps other resources available to help these people that are typically in rural areas. Let's say all the problems you mentioned are just
0: magnified mm-hmm. by that distance exactly. to where the services are. Correct. If you can't drive, right. but you're in a rural area, there's no public transportation. Exactly. There's no other option. Exactly. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Are there other things that you think of that just really have made it tricky?
1: No, you know, with with, uh, every... Every program you're involved in, you know they they have their their ways um, and um, their rules, which I you know I respect that. But sometimes they're not open to other ideas, mm-hmm. and so you feel like sometimes you're you come up with this really good idea of hey, why are we doing it this way when we could possibly be doing something over here? And but you feel like you're hitting a brick wall, yeah. and 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 um, as a foster parent um, and an adopted parent, um, and as with any parent, we want what is best for our child. And so when a child is placed with us, that's, um, I really take pride in being a good foster parent. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the, you know, one of the first things um, I do for the kids that are placed with us is we have a spa day, and so we, we get all, um, they, I give them a bath, and we do their hair, and we get all lotioned up, and you know, you'll make sure there's no allergies, right. but um, for an example, I, I have, um, have had one little boy that had eczema uh, really bad, and um, he felt like a little alligator. His skin, and it was not his fault by no right. means, and, um, and it was not the fault of his birth mother. I mean, she didn't have the means for the medication. Exactly. Um, but um, but I had experience with my, our son, um, having eczema, and so I had um, the lotion that we use on him, and so I started putting on this little boy, and he started softening up, and he noticed it himself. And and he would go up to people and he'd say, "Touch me, feel me. I'm soft." <laughs> and and so you know, I just really gave, made me feel good to know that even he was noticing that I was. We were taking pride in taking care of him. Right. And again, not to um, by any means condemn. You know, um, his birth family. Um, you know, they they did what they needed to do with the funds that they had. Exactly. Exactly. So there's you know there's limitations. Um, financial limitations. Um, is a lot uh, it it's, has to be
0: heartbreaking i yeah. mean just
1: that story is heartbreaking mm-hmm. it's such a
0: simple thing mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah yeah so um so i pride myself in i just i uh, i want to build that self-esteem it's hard enough you know when a child is removed it's 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 traumatizing and um and so i want to make that transition into our home um very very easy and um, and very peaceful and relaxing, and so um, you have to be very careful, especially if a child has been molested. yeah right. So, um, so I take it, and you know, I take it very slow. But but I gain their trust, and um, we work forward with you know through things, um, and make it enjoyable for them for that self esteem. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. So. These are some things that are difficult. What has
1: worked really well in getting help for some of the children you've worked with that just worked really well? Um, So um, I'm very fortunate for the area that um, we live in. Um, We have a network um, that uh, is, there is a person within that um, branch uh, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I can call upon that person and say what I need, and that person is uh, really good at helping um, helping us meet the needs of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, should that person leave this position that they're currently in, um, I'll be at a loss.
0: I hear that a lot. so it's a little frightening though when it depends upon the goodwill or great mm-hmm. skills of an individual.
1: Exactly. yeah and I've worked with several um, several different folks and um, and, and this, this man in particular has been the best gentleman that I have ever, ever worked with because the thing is he is very compassionate about children. And uh, the thing about him that I really admire is he's an adoptive parent himself and he's a single parent. Um, And so he also knows the struggles and so it just, he just really, he just jumps in full force with all his heart um, to help other people. Um, Because I'm sure that over the courses of the years his children are older, he saw the struggles.
0: Right. One of the things I'm hearing you say, um, you had mentioned earlier, and and even now, because you've worked with so many different children, just being able to be flexible and give that child what that child Mm -hmm. needs, is there something that you can say about that? Because you mentioned how sometimes places do the way they do it, Mm -hmm. and it's sort of rigid, and it Mm -hmm. might not work for this particular child. Right. When you think about policies and practices of of organizations and, and state agencies and all these different things that work with the kids... Is there something you can think of where that flexibility has been better than other places? I mean, I know that's a tough question, yeah, but... Um, and
1: we've seen so many cutbacks recently yeah. through the programs um, in the state. There's, you know, their funds are um, being cut back, services are being cut back, um, workers are being overworked and receive um, more caseloads with less help. Um, a whole program was um, done away with, um, and... Uh, the matching system for um, when you're uh, it used to be that there is a matching system. Um, so you would be in a database and they would match the criteria of a child with uh, the family. And um, that that um, has gone away, which is really unfortunate because uh are the one of the things that you have to do is a when you get into foster parenting or being an adoptive parent, you have to ask whether you're going to do it by yourself mm-hmm. um, or if you're going to be with a partner. You have to ask, what am I capable of doing? What can I do? What can I not do? And I knew one of the things, what age limit or what age group can I work with and what age group do I not feel that I am going to best serve? Yeah. And so that's something that um, that we did. As a family, and um, I knew that I could not take a child that would require shots. Mm. Now it's very simple. I mean, to some people that's really easy, but I just knew that I could not take a needle and jab it into a child. But, I just knew I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I put that, had that put in the do- database that if you know, unfortunately, if a child was diabetic or re- needed some sort of medical treatment that required daily injections, I couldn't do it. But now without that matching system, and so it's not there. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so I still in when they call for uh, a placement, um, that is one of the things that I do is I, I go back to our initial. What am I? What can I do? What can I not do? And I we never take a child older than our youngest child. Oh, and so, whatever age our youngest child is, then the child that we're going to place cannot be older than that child because. So, um, there's still, we still, you know, our family still comes first, I, right. I, you know, yeah. and so we still do one-on-ones with our family. We have a, um, a relatively large um, sibling group at our house and we make sure that they all receive individual treatment. Now they each have an opinion on that, of course. <laughs> are there some teenagers wishing they weren't yeah, getting one on one? Okay. Yes, and there, yes, there's some teenagers that don't want to have mom and dad time <laughs> and would rather be by themselves. And then we have some who just, you know, want to be in your bubble nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we have with our family, you know, we have older and we have younger, and uh, that the one thing that I never thought about is um, how hard that is um, because you're, you when they're all the same age group kind of, you know they all kind of watch the same thing and you're, you know your schedule's kind of the same and and it's structured and but when you have um, teenagers and some that are not teenagers, um, single digits and double digits, um, you have different um, movies that they like to watch yeah. um, music that they like to listen to. Um, a whole new vocabulary um, that you pick up in middle school apparently. That's never on the vocabulary list, of course. Of course, Um, and 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 friends. Uh, So it's really hard. And and sleep pattern. You know, the older ones can go stay up a little bit later than the younger ones, and the younger ones can't understand why they can't do this because the older ones are. And so there's the struggle. You know. But I know every parent faces that. But I never thought about it until I faced it.
0: So I'm listening to it. I'm thinking, how do you do that? Because you. You want to give attention to each child, but you still get the same twenty-four hours a day that the rest mm-hmm. of us get. How do you manage? So we and... balance.
1: We balance our time, okay. and um, and so we do as a as a, before we ever take a, into a uh, a child into our home, um, our family um, we sit down, we discuss it, and we vote on it.
0: Oh wow, that's wonderful!
1: So um, so I say that we are foster parents, but actually we are a foster family. Mm-hmm. So we all have to agree. Um, on, on taking this child in, um, or it's, each home is um, licensed for a number of children. So our home is to right now licensed for two children. And so if I would get a call, then we would have a family meeting um, somehow. Uh, sometimes the call comes during the day and it's a little bit harder, so we rely on text messaging, group text. <laughs> um, but we discuss it, you know, do you, do you guys want to do this? Are you up to it? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we really listen to our kids. So they're the ones that really kind of steer the the boat on that decision. Um, but I can um, I cannot say that we've ever had a bad placement.
0: That's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot about your kids and
1: what you do for them, but I want to hear about you. How are you doing
0: in this moment? We know so what changes again. You know, <laughs> you were
1: talking about you know how you balance things out and. Um, and so I, I do, I focus a lot on our kids and we do a lot of one-on-ones. So we have special time, like, um, so for an example, um, my husband or I may say to one or two of the kids, hey, we're going to go for ice cream. And so it's a special treat. So they still feel that I'm special. And that's really, really important. Um, but I can't stress enough about couples or whether you're, whether you're a couple partnered or whether you're single. Um, self-care being a parent in whatever situation it may be whether you have you know um, your own kids in a single parent setting um, or whether you know maybe you have a special needs child but your, your self-care is vitally important. Um, if you can't take care of yourself then you cannot in you cannot really take care of your family or the children and they sense that they pick up on it really easily.
0: So at this moment, do you feel like you're, you're swimming, you're sinking, you're... where do you feel like you're at? Because most of the moms in, we talked to in my own experience, I know moment to moment that changes. Mm-hmm. Some days I'm That's on top true. of the world this and other true. days I'm under it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, and um, so I work full time and, um, and we have several kids at home that are our children and then we have, again, like I said, two uh, placements uh, available for two and those are filled. We had, um, for a while, we had um, a smaller child. Um, so we had three little ones on top of our all of ours. So that was 11 kids. And, you know, managing the kids, and I'm really calendar-based, um, is fine. My biggest problem is laundry.
0: I can't even imagine. So, <laughs> I, and
1: that just freaks me out. So um, that's my biggest thing. Is So I'm up early. You know, the, the washing machine and the dryer go nonstop at our house I almost wish I had a dual set you know so and then I would I would organize the days today's jean day and whites and next day would be towels you know and I would organize the days but but I have broken down so that our kids all do specific lawn their laundry the older ones on specific days and they're responsible for their laundry so now um, we have a son going into junior high and he just said to me I guess I have to learn how to do my laundry now. So he caught on real that's quick. That's great. But anyway, so that's my big thing is, is staying caught up, you know, making sure that our home is livable and, um, and, and not look like we just live there, um, <laughs> um, drop and go. But, you know, with, with uh, school activities and so forth, you know, as we approach the um, school year it's going to get, it's going to get busy and as it is with everyone's household. And I'm sure everybody can relate where, you know, you, you're, um, dropping things and you're grabbing something to eat and you're out the door to the next activity. And, and then you come home and it's like, Oh, it's facing me. There's, there's the dishes, or there's another pile of laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but so, I like how you
0: make that a family project. Everybody's pitching in yep. that can. Yep. you know, and it's everybody a has a, and a, a everybody at our
1: house has a responsibility. Whether it's taking out the garbage, um, whether it's feeding the dogs, um, whether it's watering my plants. Everybody, and and so I'm sure that my my children, when their friends come over, they're probably think, oh my gosh, you know, because they all. I mean, I'm like a drill sergeant probably to those other kids, but my kids are used to it. Um, but it's like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. But um, the advantage to that is um, my older kids have jobs, and um, I cannot tell you the number of times I have been praised uh, for my kids that they're good workers, that they yeah. have good work ethics. and That's going to serve them their entire lives. That will, yes, exactly. So the times I badgered them to pick up their room or to take out the trash has paid off. So, and I do the same thing with the children that be are placed with us um, in foster care. They have responsibilities. If you take the toy out, you put the toy back. I'm not. Set, I'm not going to step on a Lego. I'm not going to fly across the room on your Hot Wheel.
0: <laughs> but that's making them part of the family. It
1: Does it? Does and it makes them feel in. They are included, and that's really that self worth um, is so vitally important. That's
0: wonderful. So. What is your self
1: care routine? What do you do to take care of you? So, do you like have a mommy time to get away? Or so, what do you do? Um, I do. So, the kids laugh at me about it because um, I go out of town to get my hair cut. And after I get my hair cut, then I go out for dinner by myself. And I enjoy a hot meal by myself with all my friends me, myself, and I. <laughs> And, and you I, get to finish
0: it while it's, and hot. it's
1: it is so and I can have seconds. It's uninterrupted and um I really enjoy that. And and my kids will laugh at me about it. It's like I can't believe you like to do that by yourself and, and that's one of the things that I that I like to do. And then again, like the other thing I like to do is I like to mow the grass on my pretend motorcycle. That's um, right. That's a really a John Deere lawnmower, but um I enjoy doing that. I I belong to a, a mom's group, um, and we get together periodically. It's it's uh, mostly about fundraising for our kids, mm-hmm. you know, and doing activities in the school. But I really really enjoy that, and I know that they do as well. Um, we we try to stay on on task, but there's you know a lot of stories and laughters that go with it. It's so so, a lot of support. It is. So it is. It's great to have that support. Yeah. and so I, I really enjoy that. But again, I think it's it's really important, whether it's the moms or the dads, right. um, to have that um, in their lives, that, that self-care, to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. That's right. So you have to have many laughable moments with so many
0: kids in and out of your life and in your family. What is your most laughable moment
1: that comes to mind? So I have a lot of stories, and I've been told, um, so I do Facebook quite often. Part of me kind of wishes that i did a blog um because uh, all I, that time you have <laughs> yes with all that extra time that i have um so i post things on facebook and, and i and, and my friends some of my friends and relatives that are on there it's and it's basically basically it's a diary for me
0: yeah
1: because it pops up in the memories and and uh but i tell i share stories on there of things that have happened and uh, there's every day there's a new story. So, I have a couple stories I'd like to share. Yeah. Um, one being um, we were having trouble with our toilet, and so it was plugged, and, uh, and my husband was gone, of course. Why? And things like that always happen when I'm home alone. Yes. <laughs> so, so, I sent my older kids to Walmart, and I said, Go to Walmart and and get a snake, and um, ran back, and that's what I'll use to unplug the stool. And so uh, it, it was real clear then that I need, when you give kids instructions, you need to be a little more clear about what that actually is. So I get a text message from my daughter, um, and, and she's, she's a classic. Uh, <laughs> never a dull moment with her. Uh, she's the one that thinks she's gonna drive overseas instead of fly. Um, <laughs> and she's afraid of getting car sick. But anyway, she <laughs> texts me back and she says, Mom, they don't have any snakes here, they just have fishies. <laughs> So um, that terrified me because if, if she really knew her mom, she would know that I am terrified of snakes. And if they would have came home with a snake, I probably would have had a heart attack. But that was a classic. That's My other one wonderful. just recently is we're putting an island in our kitchen. So we're redoing our kitchen and we're putting an island in. And, and so one of our little ones was with me and I was, I was in the cabinetry section you know, at a Home Depot uh, store. and. Talking to him about cabinets and so forth. And I was talking about the island, and and so the little ones were asking the sales rep, "Will we have sand? <laughs> we don't want any sharks. Will we get to go swim in there?" And they're kind of looking at the kids, kind of puzzled, like, "What?" And then finally you know they finally figured it out it's like just humor them they think we're getting I'm buying an island which an island to me is much different than an island to a child
0: absolutely yeah. absolutely so um
1: there's no beach no sand no sharks and no my, sharks in your kitchen no sharks oh, in right. my kitchen and i think there's going to be a little disappointment <laughs> that's wonderful thank you so much for yeah. sharing and with us. thank them. you for inviting me and um and again if i can um, if I can get one message across to anybody that is yeah. listening to this, there are many children out there that that are in need of assistance, and we call ourselves we're the port in the we are the port in the storm, and um, it's not always a, a permanent. Pl- time for that child um that is a time that or a permanent placement for that child but it's a place that that child can go while things are in turmoil and in chaos and if if you are ever thinking about being a foster or an adoptive parent really look into what you're capable of doing and if you have space in your home and if you have love in your heart and you're willing to dedicate to a child i strongly encourage it because i have received more blessings from it um <clears throat> Um, Don't from be being a, being a foster parent, I mean, is such a powerful blessing, mm-hmm. and so I really, I really encourage anybody to to consider it. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of love in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, I was blessed. I have been blessed, which yep. you've given a lot of love yeah. out. So, well, I got I have a big heart. <laughs>
0: you do. You absolutely do. Oh. And again, just thank you for what you're doing because it's. It helps all of us when our our community's children are helped, and I, mm-hmm. I hope people out there are hearing this and saying, yeah, that's something I can do and mm-hmm. and you as a great example because you're just super mom. That's what
1: I call you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you again for taking the time to have me be a part of this, and um, and again, um, i just like to encourage everybody out there to consider it. Well, thanks again. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to the Just Ask Mom series, part of the Mothers on the Frontline podcast, copyrighted in 2018. Today's podcast host was Tammy Niden. The music is Old English, written, performed, and recorded by Flame Emoji. For more podcasts in this and other series relating to children's mental health, go to mothersonthefrontline.com or subscribe to Mothers on the Frontline on iTunes, Android, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Mothers on the Frontline is a nonprofit 501c3 organization that uses storytelling for caregiver healing and children's mental health advocacy. We strive to reduce stigma, educate the public, and influence positive policy change through our podcast series and storytelling workshops. We are currently working with Grinnell College to document and archive stories of lived experience with the school to prison pipeline an issue importantly connected to children's mental health and well-being. If you would like to support our work, please visit our website and make a tax-deductible donation at mothersonthefrontline.com.